On the morning of the day that Jesus is sentenced to be executed, Jesus stands before the Roman governor as a sort of political prisoner. And this is why Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? In doing so, Pilate is wondering whether Jesus is making some sort of rival claim to power over and against the Roman Empire's claims of authority. Pilate is asking whether Jesus is setting himself up in opposition to Rome and its occupation. Pilate's concern is a concern about politics and, frankly, a concern about the potential for violence. 2,000 years later, we know that Jesus is not raising an army or planning an insurrection or a revolt. And when Jesus eventually responds to Pilate's question with the statement, my kingdom is not from this world, Jesus seems to be confirming that he is not a threat. But it does beg the question, doesn't it? Just what sort of a king is Jesus? It seems to me that the, the most common way of interpreting Jesus' statement that his kingdom is not from this world is to interpret Jesus as saying his kingdom is an otherworldly kingdom. Jesus is often and commonly interpreted as saying that his kingdom is spiritual, whatever we mean by that, or it is assumed that the kingdom only has something to do with us after we die or with our eternal fate. And because this is so, this interpretation of Jesus' kingdom doesn't have much to do with us now especially with things that are political. It doesn't, doesn't have to do with the, with the economy or with, with finance or with law and order or with militaries. This way of thinking, Jesus' kingdom is about souls and about salvation. It's almost as if Jesus' kingdom, according to this interpretation, runs parallel with the kingdoms of this world, never intersecting and never really speaking to what is going on in our day in and day out lives. And maybe, maybe the other readings reinforce this view. Daniel speaks of an event that seems to take place at the end of time where one, like a human being, comes with the clouds. The book of Revelation seems to do the same, picking up the same image of Jesus coming with those clouds. If we use this imagery and we combine it with the common interpretation that I was just putting forward, then this all seems to be speaking about pie in the sky, about something distant and therefore unimportant in our concrete lives. But when we accept this interpretation, we seem to forget all of the ways 
that the four gospels tell us that Jesus is intimately involved in the nitty gritty of people's lives. When Jesus heals and forgives and teaches and eats meals with outcasts and sinners, Jesus is always concerned with these people's lives in the moment. When Jesus bids his disciples to take up their cross and to follow him, or when he challenges them to love one another, Jesus is speaking about the real context of their daily existence. Jesus' claim on them is not just in the future, but it is upon them in the moment. Jesus' claim on us is not just in the future, but is upon us now. Now, of course, Jesus does speak of ultimate things and ultimate concerns. He speaks of matters of life and death and truth and value. But Jesus always describes those ultimate things as having ultimate importance in the moment. And when Jesus does all of this, Jesus does so by pointing to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, which Jesus says is coming near, or is in our midst, or is within. Jesus is always pointing to and embodying a new creation, or a new reality that appears with the appearance of Jesus. This new creation means healing and wholeness. It means forgiveness and reconciliation. It means meaning and purpose. All of which, by God's grace, breaks into our lives now. But will also fully and ultimately emerge in the age to come. One way to think about this dynamic is to imagine that our lives now straddle two ages. The old creation that has become beholden to the powers of sin and death, and the new creation that God ushers in through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and ushers in by the power of the Holy Spirit. We inevitably live in the old creation. We, we find ourselves in the old creation. But we long for the new. And maybe at times we experience the new. And maybe even participate in the breaking in of this new reality. The old creation is in part marked by the kingdoms of or from this world. They are the kingdoms that are of Pontius Pilate's worries. Kingdoms that inevitably rely on violence and coercion to achieve their ends. They are kingdoms all too often marked by oppression and injustice. In contrast, the kingdom of God is not like the kingdoms of this world. God's kingdom is not from this world or of this world. Rather, 
It is grounded in the self-giving love of God revealed in Jesus the Christ. It is a kingdom of true peace where justice and virtue reign. When the New Testament and the church proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and King, then the witness is that Jesus is the king of this new creation, breaking into the old creation. As opposed to a king whose power is located in the ability to use force or compulsion, Jesus' power is located in the willingness to be humble and vulnerable. Jesus' power is the power of fragile and vulnerable love that heals and reconciles and liberates. His power gives life and shares life, not at the expense of the other, but for the other. It is remarkable that it is only when Jesus is bound and completely defenseless as we find him here today in the gospel lesson, that he will come to accept the title of king. And even then, only indirectly. As such, Christ's kingdom judges and challenges our world and its ways. And because of this, Because of this challenge, because of this judgment, Jesus is supremely relevant for our present lives and our present affairs. For his kingdom emerges in our midst now and in the future will fully emerge in the age to come. And as such, Jesus subverts our world order and puts into question all of our ways. The church's witness to Christ as king is is not an escape from this world, but nor is it a condemnation of the world. Rather, as the church bears witness to Christ as king, it is a way of saying yes to the world by refusing to participate and the destructive impulses that dictate so much of our lives in this world. As the church bears witness to Christ as king, we doggedly believe that humanity can operate in ways that make space for compassion and justice. And we believe this is so, not only because Jesus is behind us, but also because Jesus is with us and is indeed ahead of us, making space for us and ushering in God's always coming kingdom. Today is Christ the King Sunday. This Sunday before Advent, this last Sunday before Advent, puts a question to us. It ultimately puts a question to you and to me. It asks me, 
Am I willing to bow down before this humble king and welcome the source of love and truth that flows from him? Will my life find pattern in his life? Will my concerns be patterned off of his concerns? Will his commitment to peace and justice echo through my life and through my choices and through my actions? Ultimately, this Christ the King Sunday puts us to a question. Puts me to a question. Is Jesus Christ the king of my life? Is Jesus Christ the king of yours? Amen.